here. Today, I'm joined by Shallon, who is a homestead prepper here. How long do you think you could survive? Like totally off the grid. Could you, could you go forever? Yeah, because we can hunt, fish, and forage. And exactly. we could go at least until we run out of bullets and break our last arrow. Where should they start? What is the very first few steps they should be taking? I always say that your first need is going to be shelter followed by food. You should have at least, you know, two, three weeks of food. Welcome into Winging It Podcast, presented by Wingman of the Year. Now let's get ready to wing it. Okay, so welcome into Winging It Podcast presented by Wingman of the Year. Today, I'm joined by Shallon, who is a homestead prepper. How are you, Shallon? I'm fine. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. So I've been meaning, I've been wanting to get like a prepper on this show for a while and whatnot. It's always been something that's super interesting to me. But can you explain for the listeners that probably don't know, it's not the typical sense of prepping. Like we're not talking doomsday prepping here right? Mm, or that depends on who you ask. Okay. Our doomsday here is more likely in the Appalachian Mountains going to be weather related. Right. Uh, we're not prepping for zombies or to fight the military or <laughs> anything like that. We're prepping for the normal everyday emergency that may happen to anyone anywhere. So your weather, um, job loss, uh, supply chain, issues like we saw during the COVID pandemic. Right. So things like that. Okay. So it's the way you've explained it to me offline is that it's more of a cultural thing. And this was passed down to you from generations. So your family and whatnot, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I come from um, a line of homesteaders and throughout all of our generations, we have always stored food in, I guess, abundance, you would say. Yeah canned we've grown canned and just taking care of making sure that we're going to have everything we need in the event that there is another great depression okay so that's like your main fear is like a economic collapse almost maybe i guess that that and weather would be the main i wouldn't say i'm afraid of it but that would be the main things that we're preparing for what state do you live in exactly so I live in the central Appalachian mountains in Southwestern Virginia. So not okay. West Virginia, but in Virginia. Okay. Right on the Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia corner. Okay. All right. No, that's good reference. So before we get more into the prepping and whatnot, let's get a little more background on you personally. So you, okay. your family is like a lot of it is former uh, law enforcement, correct? Uh, yeah, my husband is retired from law enforcement. My brother is still active law enforcement. And then I have lots of cousins and extended family who were and are still in law enforcement. Okay, perfect. So you come from long line law enforcement and do you call it Appalachia? Do you call it Appalachia? Is that the culture? It's Appalachia. Appalachia. Okay, see, I, I knew I was going to mess it up. That was my fear. <laughs> A lot of people mispronounce it. That's how it's taught in school, but that is actually the incorrect pronunciation. Okay. It's Appalachia. You always put the short. Appalachia. 
It's Appalachia. Okay. Oh, see, I, I don't even, Appalachia. I'm going to mess it up again. Appalachia. <laughs> Appalachia. Okay. So how did you talk to me about like your childhood then? How was like growing up in like this culture and whatnot? Were you homeschooled? I was not homeschooled. I attended okay. public school, but that was before the new way of education. So the culture of education here was still very much like um, the one room schoolhouse. We weren't in one room, but we were still taught in the old fashioned way. Um, growing up, I grew up on a compound with my parents. My great grandparents were there and my grandparents. So every inch of our yard, we didn't have a yard. We had gardens. Okay. They were massive. They were massive. My grandfather, he actually was, um, his mother died when he was very young and his father, I think he went to work with the civilian conservation corps during the great depression. Oh, so wow. he was gone. And when his grandmother, who was prepared, who was caring for him and taking all the preparations for getting him grown, um, when she died, he ended up on the county poor farm. So okay. there is where he learned all of the planting and growing and homestead prepping. And yeah. then when he came off, he went into the military. Okay. Okay. So that's where that all starts. So you, I noticed you said compound. What do you mean by compound? So it's a property with more than one home on it. So our okay. family lived together there in separate homes, mm -hmm. but on the same property in general, on okay. the same acreage. Okay. No, that makes sense. Okay. I didn't know, I guess I didn't know the exact definition of them, but that definitely makes sense. So why did you, so, I'm trying to think. So how'd you meet your husband? <laughs> Mark's grandmother was just down the road from where I grew up and our families have always been friends. Okay. Um, Mark is quite a bit older than I am. And uh, I always joke that I started chasing him <laughs> when, and, and he ran hard until I was 25 and then I finally caught him. Oh boy. <laughs> you gotta love the chase. Um, so it was, small town right down the road. So your families were pretty similar, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Our families are good friends. Yeah. Okay. His so you grandmothers. Guys, yeah. So you guys both grew up like kind of the same like views and like uh homesteading essentially. Yeah. His parents, his grandparents lived near us and they were homesteaders. His parents actually lived in town on, it's not really a city block, but mm. you would, it's a city block for here. So right. he grew up in town coming to his grandparents' place and doing yep. all the gardening and farm work there. Okay. So how did, uh, what was the transition like? So you have children. What, what was the decision behind homeschooling? Or how does that go for you? That actually, um, that was the more of a religious decision. Oh, okay. Mark, Mark and I are in ministry. And so okay. uh, when they were young, it was just one of those things that we felt a, a strong calling towards homeschooling and not allowing the state to raise our children, Okay. that it was a, a mandate that we do it. Okay. I didn't know if that was part of like the, the culture that you're referring to. Homeschooling here is a, is very much a thing. It's, it's okay. very common. Yep. 
but a lot of people do send their children to public schools and we have friends who do and friends who do not. Okay. And so what do you, what is your typical day look like right now? I know for you run like a greenhouse business, correct? So my great grandfather started the greenhouse business and it passed down to my grandmother and then to my mother. And the bigger part of it actually closed when I was in my middle school years. And then now my brother and I, we have a greenhouse and we do sell our products, but we no longer have the great big greenhouse business that it once was. Okay. So, but you're still doing it like part-time and whatnot. We still have the greenhouse. Yes. But we don't have the big, the big big business that we once had. Okay. And so I, I, through my research, I was going through social media and like your link tree on your Instagram and whatnot. Can you explain to me what biodynamic gardening is? So gardening by the moon, that's very much an Appalachian tradition. Um, A lot of people think that the moon holds some sort of magical power. Yeah. You said that in the post I saw. Yeah. So that's definitely not what we (laughs) practice here in the Appalachian mountains. This is just tradition um, is that there are certain signs that the moon passes through it's the Zodiac. And so we use the Zodiac as a map to know where the moon is in its revolution around the earth. Right. So by knowing where the moon is on that map, we know whether we're in a fertile sign or not in a fertile sign and whether we are going to plant or transplant or if we're going to destroy pests or weeds because there's certain signs that you do that mm-hmm. we even do like pool castration and weaning babies by the signs interesting okay so it isn't that pretty much like how a fa- farmer's almanac works anyway is based off the uh, moon and whatnot they have a different i think they use the moon phase okay so it's a little different so it's a little different but also they practice um using a mathematical equation where they take into account precession and things like that whereas traditionally you go outside you look at the moon you see where the moon is Mm. and that's how you determine what sign it's in okay so that's how you determine all your gardening all that so right so we don't actually use the farmers farmers almanac ourselves we just literally literally look up in the sky we look up and we know yeah, my favorite part about that uh, Instagram post of yours, uh, it was you're like, it isn't witchcraft. <laughs> a lot of people have been very disappointed that I'm not a witch. They've been disappointed. <laughs> yes, very, very disappointed. So kind of going into that, what might seem like witchcraft to some outside, maybe you with the gardening and whatnot, you make you, you make your own medicine and whatnot, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Can you explain that? Like, what is like some of the remedies or what what kind of plants are you using for this so we grow our own herbs and we also dig wild herbs like ginseng black cohosh yellow root um you can forage for witch hazel here even um depending on which herb we're going to use we create tinctures or we make medicinal teas or maybe poultices depending on what the ailment is Mm -hmm. um and that actually has been passed down to my family's for as many generations as we've lived in these mountains. Okay, that's pretty interesting. And that's good stuff to know, you know, if <laughs> the apocalypse or the end times come, you guys are gonna be pretty well off. 
I, I noticed also in that post, you said you still do use Western medicine. So like oh, yes. modern medicine? Absolutely, yes. We have nieces and nephews who are DOs, MDs, nurse practitioners, and PAs. So we very much believe in Western medicine. Okay. It's just that our first go-to is first to the herb and then to the doctor. Okay, now that makes sense. That's a good way to go by it. See if you can help yourself first. Um, good practice for sure. What is, uh, so outside looking in from for the listeners, how off the grid would you say you are? Oh, well, you're no, obviously all over social media, but. We have, elect we have electricity okay. and running water. I would not say we are off the grid at all. Okay, but if you needed to go off the grid, you guys would be very well off. Oh, well, could we? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, here in the Appalachian Mountains, mountaineering and foraging, hunting, fishing, that's all part of our culture. From yeah. very young childhood, we're out doing these things. My son's first, he's 18 now, his yep. first fishing trip, I got out of the hospital from having him on Sunday, and yeah. by Wednesday, we were camping. Oh, my gosh. Wow, I get that is part of the culture then. That is yes. Oh, very much. That's a fast turnaround time. So I'm I'm trying to so I want to get a little more insight. Um, so how prepared are so you guys got all you guys got the skills, like absolutely. So what is like your stock look like right now? Or do, or do you like have a like emergency generator, stuff like that? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, like, sure. Uh, we have generators and things like that. We have stockpiles of food and medicine and emergency medical equipment like an AED. Okay. We have pretty much anything that you can imagine as far as preps go, but we also understand that your preparation can only go so far. So that generator is going to run out of gas Event, yeah. and you're not going to be able to get more. Yeah, eventually, but it's good to get you past like that first wave and, you know, other people are yeah. going to be struggling <laughs> sure yeah what, what about uh do you got like emergency like water filtration systems and all uh, that yes okay so whole home filters plus we have the family size life straw filters and we have the individual like you would wear around your neck you know the straw life straw, I, i've seen those i've seen those uh and and berkey filters and things like that um wow. growing up our water source was actually spring water so down on the compound it's all spring where I live now is actually on the grid for water Okay. and we have, but I still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink water that's been treated by the government. Right. Okay. No, I mean, Hey, spring waters, that's like the best water you can get. Sure. But even that water we filtered. Yeah. So you guys are pretty well off. I'm trying to think you guys got everything. You got the skills, you got the livestock, you got the gardening, uh, water, uh, self-defense. I know you got a lot of guns, right? So you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> so wh wh where do you think if you had a weakness, what do you think it would be in your prepping? If there is one, I guess that, I guess, or if we were, that's a tough if question. We were trying to, if we were trying to rely on our vehicles, to get us to point at from point A to point B okay. instead of relying on hoofing it or hay burners, then we would be in a mess. Okay, so transportation, but everybody would be in that predicament. But you sure. guys could probably and not being Mark and I currently don't live on the compound with the rest of my family. 
So that would be a weak point too, that we would be getting there. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, so, so I've, I've watched the show Doomsday Preppers and whatnot. I know it's a little different and everybody's got different situations on, on there. Do you guys practice like certain situations like that? Or if something like this was going to happen? We have a plan. Okay. Um, and all of the family knows the plan. Mm -hmm. Even from very young childhood, my children were taught the plan and where we're going and what we're doing and the, you know, how everybody's going to get and all the moving pieces. Right. Okay. So, it's like taught, like from the time they're born, essentially, and the time you're born. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The same. And I think that you would be hard pressed to find anyone in this area who doesn't have a plan or whose children don't know the plan. If you found someone here in my area, it would be someone who was from away. Right. That weren't prepared. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you, uh, I got a couple other questions here. How long do you think you could survive? Like totally off the grid. How long can you go? With the supplies you have now? Not growing anything additionally? Or no, so you can like, with just like your whole setup right now. So you got your 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 canned supplies now um, and you got your garden and your livestock. Could you Could you go forever? Yeah, because we can hunt, fish and forage and- exactly we could go at least until we run out of bullets and break our last arrow. There you go. Yeah. I think you're going to outlast a lot of people. So you might be all right <laughs> at that point. And then that's some. Yeah. And really my brother has killed animals with a rock before just throwing the rock. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So okay. I mean, we could go uh, quite a long ways. We know how to make traps and deadfalls and, and things like that. Right. I mean, so yeah, you're making me look really bad here because my name's Hunter and I'm over here doing a podcast and I should be killing animals with my bare hands. It's not a good look on me. <laughs> so do you hunt? No. So here, let me let me explain this story. I've explained it before to some people. Um, my dad named me Hunter. He's obsessed with it. I'm from upstate New York. So I'm like two hours from like Canada. I live in the Adirondacks. So another mountain region. Um, it's one of, you ever see those movies where the dad like forces a sport like on his son or something and then he doesn't like it yes yeah, yeah. so that was my dad he forced it on me put me in a tree stand before the sun came up on the weekends like when i got like basketball practice or something and uh you know and it wouldn't leave until it was sundown and then he's the worst teacher just constantly yelling you step on a branch the wrong way or a twig getting screamed at so i was not a fan okay okay but so if, do you Go ahead. Do you consider yourself a prepper? I I eventually want to get into it. I want to, my plan is hopefully get this uh, network going or whatever my venture is to a point where I don't have to worry about money. And I would like prepping to be a hobby one day. I think it's really cool. So currently though, you're, um, you work for the government, right? Yes. I'm in the, I'm active duty in the Navy right now. Okay. So you're kind of prepped. You're close well, I, enough. I'm almost out though. So, <laughs> but you have skills that you learned in the military that you could use in civilian life. A little bit. I think I'll be better off than the average person. I definitely think I could, should brush it up on them. Like, uh, I think gardening would honestly, very underrated skill. Like, 
I would agree. I think that growing your own food is of the utmost importance, especially I think people saw this during the, the COVID pandemic. Yeah. I don't know how it is where you are, but here in the more rural areas, there was some difficulty in getting certain food supplies. Right. And you even now you see uh, like the supply chain breaking down with like whatever it is, like whatever people are trying to get. So there's already breaks in that. Um, but yeah, especially during COVID. Uh, how do you, that's a good question. So when COVID started, what did you guys think of that? Did that like, oh, this is it? Or were you guys like, uh, no, not really. When COVID first was a thing. So we were ahead of the game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I saw the first COVID related headline way back. I think it was in early December of 2019. Mm. And I remember showing it to my husband and I said, this is going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And he said, of course, you know, it's going to come, it's going to, but we didn't realize quite how big it was going to be. And I told him at that time, I said, I'm going to buy every canning lid that I can find. Mm -hmm. And he, at that time, mm -hmm. even though he's a prepper, he was like, nobody's going to buy the canning lids. And I was like, yeah, they are. So we and bought your area. Yeah. We bought up the canning lids that we could find at that time. And we can tons of jars every year. And um, really shortly after that, I guess it was probably May of last year, you couldn't find any. Really? So that was, yeah, that was honestly the thing that we had not necessarily stocked enough up on was just canning lids, which you are not supposed to. Um, according to the government, reuse. Really? According to the according government? To the, it's always uh, the government. Uh, they always uh, got these uh, According, I don't often do anything that the government suggests that I do. <laughs> so normally for me, it. it's more, normally for me, it's more like I'm not going to do that and I'm going to not do it twice and take pictures. Right. There you go. So how much do you think annually and lifetime wise that you've spent on prepping oh let's start with annual first gosh i, I, I guess that's a, it's a tough question because it's literally you how to, you live you know well you also have to take into consideration that a lot of things are inherited here okay. so um because we have a generational homestead. So like my grandfather's equipment, we have a lot of my grandfather's guns. Um, I still have, he's been dead, let's see, 28 years. And I still have roots. I wouldn't use them. I keep them just because right. of the sentimental value, but I still have roots like ginseng and yellow root that he dug. He was in the army in World War II. And so um, I don't know if he thought that the Germans or the Russians or someone were coming yeah. here to America. But he actually had um, a system below ground. That's awesome. So that's where I found these roots. And it wasn't that it was when I was moving my son into his place that I happened to be down there. And is it still structured? very much he was also a coal miner okay so he's so, got he's got skills 
for and yeah. everything. <laughs> so, so my dad and my grandfather were coal miners and my great grandfather. <clears throat> and then the rest of my family and my grandfather was in the military. So we have a lot of military, a lot of law enforcement and a lot of coal miners and just overall mountaineers. I guess so. How big are these like tunnels? Like, and this is right on your homestead? They're pretty big. Pretty big. You guys are like prepared for like everything then if you got like underground tunnels and whatnot. Holy crap. That must take some time to dig those. <laughs> I would, I would never, if it were up to me, that wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. I would not have, taken, I wouldn't have done it. I, I have no idea what made him do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was like paranoid. You said like the Germans or whatever, maybe, I don't know. And it could have just been because he was a coal miner and he knew how and, yeah, and he knew that it would keep the he knew that it would keep the food good longer to be in a in a dirt cellar. Right. You know, that's like super impressive and cool <laughs> to think about. Yeah, no, that your area is like yeah, because like you hear like there's like a lot of coal miners out there, you know, like mountaineers, you know, it's, it's what you yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I would say, like, in regards to my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and my dad, they know these mountains literally from the inside out. No, that's, you guys are pretty well off. I'm trying to think, do you think, I always see this on the internet, um, if you took, like, certain areas of the United States, and they you just chopped up in, like, western, like, California, Arizona, Utah are all together, and you got like Texas and you know Oklahoma, and then you got the Northeast, and then you got you got your area. Who's winning a fight? Historically, uh, the Appalachians. I don't know if you know the story of the Over Mountain Man. No. So um, it was during the Revolutionary War. Uh, I cannot remember the general's name. He basically threatened the Appalachians because they were siding on. <clears throat> independence rather than being loyalists and mm. he told them that he was going to bring his army to torture their children to assault their wives and to kill them appalachia is a oh no you did not mm -hmm. kind of place right <laughs> so <laughs> the men from as far away as up in kentucky and down in the smoky mountains of tennessee mustered at Sycamore Shoals, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And they took the battle from Sycamore Shoals, Tennessee in Johnson City, Tennessee by foot mm -hmm. all the way down to Kings Mountain. Wow. And it was, I cannot remember how many of them there were, but it was, they were about a third of the force that this general and his army were. And they went from the low ground to the high ground in secret encircled them fought them and whipped their butts and didn't stop even when they were surrendering no that's pretty impressive because you th I, like i always thought about like you think like the british had a bigger army and whatnot but they were at such a disadvantage coming over here like even where i'm from in the adirondacks um because you have like uh the turning point of the revolutionary up in saratoga springs new york whatnot mm -hmm. it's like a lot of mountains up there um and they're at such a disadvantage because like we know the land you know, the mountains is the huge advantage for us and then you got to think we didn't have like 
uniforms for the most part, you know, like we almost blend in and then they're out there with like red coats, you know, they're, they're going to get rocked. Yeah. <laughs> I think here the, the spirit of the Mountaineer is such that we won't, you may defeat us, but you'll defeat us in a hail of bullets. You know, I may die, but you're going to have to come to a, a hail of bullets in order yeah, to get to me. You're going to be hurting as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, so moving on. So how could, uh, if somebody wanted to get started with prepping, okay. I know on your link tree, uh, can you shout out your Instagram by the way? So it's at the Appalachian homestead. Okay. And then you, uh, I know you just started a podcast as well. Can you just yes. shout out all your social? Okay, so we're on TikTok, just sort of. Mostly we're just on Instagram. And then we have the Appalachian Homestead podcast, which is available on Spotify and on um, Anchor. So we're working. We're going to get there. But so far, mostly we're on Instagram. Okay, you guys should hammer TikTok. People would eat this stuff up. Well, I had a video on TikTok that got removed. Oh, no. So I'm a little gun shy to go back there because I don't want to end up banned altogether. Yeah, I feel. I think. I think it's TikTok is literally gun shy, and you can't even have like a beer on there. <laughs> but yeah. no, the organic traffic you could get, because uh, I've seen like other like preppers on there. They're like big people eat this stuff up, and. Well, one thing that we don't do is share video walkthroughs of our prep spaces yeah that makes sense you know you don't want like the whole world knowing that you know in case the end times came <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't understand people who show their whole hand of cards mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people though it's like with the rest of the internet like they'd be like oh i want to do this but they're not going to go do it you know what i mean like you could give them like the best business idea in the world they're not going to execute on it you know like if you're showing like how to skin a deer or something you know people aren't going to go do that they might think it's interesting and whatnot but i don't know i i think the general concern is that someone will come here okay that's your concern yeah if they well, can not find really it. <laughs> not really my concern it should be their concern yeah because but, that no. would be really that'd be really stupid yeah no, I, th- I think you get, yeah, as long as you kept the location out of it, I think it'd be good. But I think it is a huge opportunity if you pursue that. I could see you like writing like a, a book or something. So we are writing a book. Okay. Um, but it will be about our culture and biodynamic gardening, less about prepping. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that totally makes sense because it, I, like you said, it's a culture. It's, you said to me when we were messaging about doing this podcast, you said, we were prepping before before prepping was even a thing. Yeah, uh, it's just the nature, I think, of living so remotely and rurally um, in a mountain area that you don't know what to expect, especially during the winter. Like you're familiar with this. Yeah. Today, we might have no snow on the ground and tomorrow we may have 18 inches of heavy, wet snow that cannot be plowed. Exactly. Yeah, it's up here. It's the weather's crazy. <laughs> it's and very inconsistent. And earlier in our history, you know, you may have a job today and tomorrow the coal mines may be closed. So. Right. And so do you think 
in your lifetime. Do you think there is going to be something like that? Do you think there will be another Great Depression or anything else? I want to say no, but I know that anything is possible. And we have seen economic decline, especially here in our area. Part of our ministry is actually to bring food into the food desert or areas. So I see that it is happening somewhat. Yeah, a small and, scale. Yeah, on a smaller scale. Yeah. But so, I do think that our supply chain is at risk. I think that our grid is at risk. Um, communications, I think we saw recently there was a hack with Verizon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's always that possibility that the supply chain collapses, economy collapses, communications and electrical grid collapse at the same time, like a chain of events. And then you may see this. Is it 100% likely? No. I would say 15 or 20% likelihood that we'll see something similar to the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. I almost think it's almost inevitable with like the way everything's going, like the economy. Um, you know just like political stuff and then just like like i don't know i just feel like if you like like look at china they're like communist right and then their people don't know any better they're no they're like working their hands to the bone and then we're over here we're getting softer by the day you know what i mean so i would agree that i would agree that as on the general people are softer than they've ever been yeah um and you know, it's really surprising to me that so many soft people want to be communists. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, that's not going to go the way they makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, just, it surprises me. Yeah, I, I, I think it's almost inevitable. Like, I don't have any kids yet, but like, I feel like if I were to have a kid, in like fifty years from now, what kind of world are we re- realistically going to be in? You know, it's kind of scary it's more important now than ever before that you teach your children and yourself if you don't know these skills how to grow a garden how to hunt fish forage and how to understand that you you can't just hunt fish and forage I hear so many people who say oh I don't need to prep I know how to hunt fish and forage but it takes energy to do those things and And you got to do it at scale you got to do it at scale you got to think you're burning energy with that you know Right. You're burning energy that you don't have the food supply to back up and you may not catch anything, find anything, you know, or kill anything. You, it may be for naught. And then, then where are you? You've expended the energy with nothing to replace it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to get like political on here, but I think like with the way things are going, people are becoming too dependent on the government. And like we were talking about, we're going to get weaker. We're weaker than we ever have been. If they're dependent, you're going to be screwed. You're going to have nothing to fall back on. Right. So you need these skills. I mean, you need to know how to save your seed. You need to know how to grow, how to can, how Hmm. to hunt fish and forage. And you need to have a stockpile. Even if your stockpile is only fats, flowers and some sort of water filtration you can go a long way on literally just bread and water right so some fat added to it so for the listeners where should they start what is the very first 
few steps they should be taking and I always say that your first need is going to be shelter uh-huh. followed by food. Those two are kind of even for me. So you should have at least, you know, two, three weeks of food because you're going to ration. So that two or three weeks of food is going to last probably six. And if you're hunt fishing and foraging and then preserving what you find, then you're going to you're going to be okay. So you need a way to make fire. You need a supply of food. You need a lot of things on hand. It's hard to pick what would be my top. Right. So let me actually, so on your Instagram, I'm pulling it up right now in your uh, link tree here, you actually have a prepper list. You have, you have a bunch of stuff on here. So anybody listening, go check out, uh, what is it? The Appalachian homestead on Instagram. She's got yeah, a bunch so of links on here. We have the prepper list. We have our blog. Um, we're on our blog. We actually, the AppalachianHomestead.com. We have some posts where we show you the wild edibles that are in the mountains here mm-hmm. and teach you how to identify them. Okay. No, that's definitely helpful. Um, is that just for like your area or is it like general stuff you can find like anywhere in the U.S. kind of? Some of them are harder to find, like ginseng is, it has yeah. been over harvested to the point that it's difficult to come across. Oh, really? Um, but for the most part, like yellow root, cohosh, um, witch hazel that you would use for topical, wild mint, spearmint, and things like that, you can find pretty much anywhere, except maybe in deserts. Right. So I'm looking here, I'm going through your list. You got a hundred plus items, um, prepper checklist here. So mm-hmm. first aid kit, trauma kit, tarps, uh, pressure canner. What's this? Whistles? Oh, okay. A whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Two-way radios, fishing equipment, sewing kit. That's probably underestimated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot here. Let me see. It goes down to even like simple bars of soap, vinegar. Mm-hmm. Let me see. And we actually, we, we purchase vinegar, but we also make our own. So we teach that on our blog as well. Really? Yeah. Do you guys, this is random. This popped in my head on here. Cause I saw dry food on there, but I thought I saw dog food. Do you guys like have dogs? Mm-hmm. How many dogs do you have? Uh, in which top? inside pet oh, dogs I or oh, I don't know. hunting dogs so okay so have... that was kind of my question do these dogs almost have like jobs yes okay yes so... we have we have hunting stock so we actually breed and sell um from some of our hunting stock so we breed curs and those are great for squirrel hunting um our particular lines are fantastic they will actually the mother that's getting ready to have pups right now she'll climb a tree and retreat and get a squirrel and bring it back um the dad is an excellent squirrel and raccoon hunter and then we have um bird dogs and rabbit dogs as well so how many dogs do you have total inside out and hunting all that um me personally (laughs) just me i have five my son has I would have to like list everybody in the family. Yeah, right. <laughs> All in total for our whole family, yeah. we probably have 16 dogs. Okay, and I thought you were about all... to say 60. 
<laughs> no, all but four have job jobs. Okay. What other animals do you have on, on the homestead? Name one we haven't had. I mean, we've you had got, every. You got barn cats? No, that's the one my husband draws the line at. He won't oh, let me. He doesn't like cat. cats? He does not like cats. Even a barn? He, he loves horses. He does not like goats. He does not like cats. So we can't have those. Um, we used to have a much larger flock of chickens than we do now. Um, my dad just got a duck yesterday. I was going to ask um, too. Yeah, but I'm not very much on the ducks because they're really nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, feel, I feel like you're missing out on the goats. You said no goats. Mark said no. He said no goats here. Now, when I was growing up, we had goats and um, other animals. We had a chicken. <laughs> we had one of our chickens actually got frostbite and it's lost its foot and it walked right. on a peg and its name was Peg. I mean, good name. we had we've had all kinds of and we used to have cats when I at where I grew up. We had cats and all of the things that Mark won't allow. <laughs> Jesus, you guys, you guys got it all figured out for the most part. Um. So what is, uh, do you have like a goal with like your Instagram? Um, I know you said it was to teach people about the, your culture, right? So that's why we started was to bring light to the rich culture of the Appalachian mountains and to kind of dispel the myth of the toothless, illiterate hillbilly. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So you're spreading your word with that. Um, well, not you got a book on the way, constantly prepping, and you think you think everybody should prep, right? Absolutely, yeah. Everybody should be prepared, even if you live in the perfect climate, and you could go out tomorrow and throw seeds down in the ground, and they would start to grow. It's still going to be, you know, at least 30, 45 days before you're actually producing any food, and that's assuming that you know how to grow things. Right. So I, you I, should, go ahead. You should always have preps there, especially for food. Well, I got to get started myself then. So I, I'm glad we connected. Um, hopefully I could reach out to you if I have any questions. And then I know you said in one of your posts, your DMs are always open. So if any of the listeners oh, yeah. have questions. We always answer our DMs, whether I'm doing it or Mark's doing it, or sometimes if it's something the kids can answer, they'll answer yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing that I would not recommend, and I think that you would maybe be on this same side of the fence is, I don't know about you, but I've had my fair share of MREs and I don't think they're any good. I've so, never actually had one. I, I'm, I'm in the Navy, so I haven't been out. Like, oh yeah. Y'all got the good food. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I would not recommend someone who has no experience to know whether they will actually eat them, waste their money on that. You would be better off to store up ramen noodles than you would to buy MREs. They're that bad, huh? Uh, in my opinion. I got to try one. Maybe I'll make like a little YouTube video of uh, the wingmen here. I don't know if you see like the structure of our thing. It's like, there's a couple of us. We got a couple different podcasts and whatnot. And uh, so it's kind of like yeah, do, brand. Do, um, do the, I think it's tuna. Oh. It's hot too, and I can't remember what it's it is. It's a challenge or something. Oh yeah, get you and one of your friends sit down and do that. You'll be sick. <laughs> Great. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. We got we got to start doing more stuff like that. Um, as you can see, like I 
I got the t-shirts behind me and stuff. So I make all our clothing at home. So that's like kind of my side hustle as well. Um, but no, this was great. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I think I learned a lot and I hope I can learn a lot more from you going forward, following you on social media. Well, sure. Just DM anytime that you have a question and you know, we're always here for it. And if there's something that we can help you with, we're always glad to do it. All right. I love it. Uh, be sure to go follow, uh, the Appalachian homestead on Instagram and TikTok, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the website is www.theappalachianhomestead.com, I believe. Mm -hmm. And anyone listening, don't forget to subscribe. Um, would mean a lot, but anyway, thank you for coming on and Maybe we'll do it again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Fantasize about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me, that mercy will I go. That's me, the first year that I blow. How you say broken Spanish, me no I blow. Me drown sorrow in that Diablo. Me found bravery in my bravado.